show thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate you being here join us on twitter at Derek and mike pod or on our website derrickandmike.com my name is mike this is my boy Derek. what's up mike what's up everybody dude rad news in the astronomical world which i guess kind of includes our world because our world is in the uh in the astronomical world but anyway nerdy space news um there might be a ninth planet in our solar system. Oh wow! So I need so, to. So, which is like, a little weird because there, there, you and I growing up, there was nine planets, but then somewhere along the lines, Pluto got knocked down a peg and was no longer invited to the Planet Club. We've talked about the gross injustice of that demotion. Um. So that that made our solar system down to nine official planets. I'm sorry, eight official planets, because uh, Pluto got kicked out of the club. Um, but now, um, super smart, nerdy scientist guys think they may have found evidence of a ninth planet, which would be like a giant planet uh, about the size of Neptune, just a little further out um, than Pluto. What's the name of it? It is called Planet Nine. It's super creative. <laughs> wow, so these the are top flight scientists here. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, what do we call that ninth planet? How about planet nine? Golden, we'll go with it. <laughs> no, so I had to read, they had a, a section in the article I read on Inverse News, Super Nerdy News Network. I love it. Um, they they talked about how it, what will it be named and how the naming process for planets works. And I thought that was kind of interesting where... Um, so officially for planet nine, no planet has been identified or found. They don't know that it actually exists. Um, the reason they think it exists is all the shit around it, like the dwarf planets, um, like Pluto, which is now a dwarf planet, and Sedna and a few others of these little guys way out in the outskirts of our, our solar system are being gravitationally affected by something that they haven't found yet, and all the signs point to... Uh, a gigantic planet right there that we haven't been able to identify, but they're pretty sure by all the shit around it, the, the signs point to the existence of this giant planet that they're temporarily calling Planet Nine or Planet X. They also refer to it as, but Planet Nine is uh, is is kind of the general name for it so far. And it's, then, good. Well, it, it seems like a little bit of a premature victory. You know, you're, oh, yeah, no, you it's haven't not a seen victory. the planet yet, so may, maybe you should get eyes on it before we, we call it a planet. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, totally. Not to be maybe all I'm scientific probably... or anything, but... Yeah, we found a planet. Oh, you did? Where, where is it? Oh, it's, it's not there. We just found some stuff around <laughs> there that tells us that there should be a planet. Like, oh, all right. Well, well hmm. uh, yeah. that's much less cool yeah. and impressive. <laughs> so call us when you find a planet. Yeah, Nerd. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would like to see a revised report when you find a planet, but it means you can see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like the, the headline of the article is new planet found. And then you start reading it and it's like, yeah, but not really. Kind of hypothetically. We kind of hypothetically it's, it's, found a planet, but believe it, us. 
Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of evidence around there that says there should be a planet. Like, apparently some ice formations are rotating around in a way that would suggest a gravitational pull of some enormous planet. So they're like, well, there must be a planet there. And I think it's all done on, like, computer modeling or something like that, you know? So it's very theoretical. Um, But I assume, as a complete layman idiot, that these guys know a lot more about it than me. So if they're convinced enough to publish their findings, there's probably a pretty good shot that they're right, or at least at least on the right track. There's even a possibility that the phenomena that they're seeing that they think signifies the existence of this giant Planet Nine may actually signify the existence of a giant black hole instead yeah, of a planet. That's so what I was thinking. that out, too. Yeah, that would make the most sense, right, if you can't see it. That's and possible. May, maybe, it's that black giant, hole <laughs> maybe it's not a giant black hole. Do you think there's a possibility that a, a black hole could be, like, little tiny? Like the head uh, of a know. pin? I mean, I know it sounds like a crazy idea, but, you know, with the density that they're talking about, things like know. black holes have where they yeah. can uh, gravitationally pull the the light from not escaping Who knows? right right yeah right and and they were saying that we we can expect photos of this or some visual um evidence or some visual documentation of it in about five to ten years so hold your breath um and then they also tempered that excitement with don't expect anything visually impressive because if it's a black hole then you can't see it uh it's so dense that light can't penetrate it, I guess, um, all that. So they were just like, hey, heads up, we may get a picture in, in a decade, and it's going to suck. So That's a long exposure yeah. time. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't, yeah, explain how, explain your thinking there. You know about photography and I don't. Oh, well, it's actually a bad joke. I mean, keeping, oh. keeping the, uh, the lens aperture open for 10 years is quite, of an, quite an exposure. Oh, <laughs> That was a bad joke. Where's that yeah. cricket when you need it? Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I scared him off. That is a long exposure. Or maybe it just takes that long for the for the flash to get all the way to uh planet nine. By by the time it gets there, it's it's ten years older and it forgot why it came in the first place. So they did mention that they they think the possibility is that it could be a black hole, is what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So they're observing all of this gravitational phenomena in that area that would suggest that there must be something there causing this gravitational activity. Um, they think it is a, a giant planet, and by their calculations or estimations, they think it's about the size of Neptune, but it seems equally likely that it could just be a black hole. I don't know if it's a giant black hole or a pinhead black hole or I don't know. Um, but one of those two things is causing shit to do certain things way the fuck out there past Pluto. And these two uh, scientists, I don't know if they're astrophysicists or what their actual, um, you know, area of expertise is, but these two guys, they took a picture of the two guys responsible for um, finding this information. And goddamn, do they look like kids to me. Um, they look so young. It's a trip to me that someone that looks that young could be doing this level of work. And I guess all that means is that I'm super old and, and people who are totally at that level look super young to me. I think it's just me. I'm old. Yeah, no, that is inspiring to hear something like that too. I think I've found some good scientist kids on uh, YouTube before that oh, yeah? I've stumbled over that have done some things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. All right. Well, I thought the naming thing was interesting too, because it goes into like, all right, so why isn't it named yet? And when it, 
when will it be named? And essentially it's when they prove that it's a planet, then it will get a name, right? Makes sense. Um, so giant planets like Neptune and Jupiter and, and Saturn and all these in our known solar system have all traditionally been given like Roman God names like Jupiter and Saturn and, and, uh, all that kind of stuff. So they were kind of talking about like, a who gets to name it. And just because these two guys put forward the information that suggests that it exists doesn't mean necessarily that they will be the ones who get to name it if, and when it is identified and, and proven to actually exist, whoever does that gets to name it. So it may or may not even be these two. Oh yeah. Yeah. So those kids you found on YouTube, they may, you know, prove that it's there and they get to name it. And then once they name it, it has to go through an approval committee, which I thought was like, oh, that's kind of messed up. Cause like if I identified a planet, I'd want to name it whatever I want to name it. Maybe I'd want to name it like Missile Fist or, you know, um, Snot Bubble or something, you know, hilarious. Uranus uh, 2, Uranus 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, my anus. There's my Uranus <laughs> and my anus. <laughs> Uh, that would be hilarious oh my god right so that would be brilliant but but you couldn't do that like so if you get if you're lucky enough to be the guy who discovers this planet nine you wouldn't even be allowed to name it my anus or maybe you would but first you have to like put that through uh some approval process and there's a board of fucking planet naming guys or gals or or nerds or whatever that you have to submit it to them and then they approve the name that's proposed by the person who actually found it and uh i feel like that's bullshit i, yeah. I feel like yeah i feel like finds it should be able to name it whatever they want like after their mom or something stupid like my anus or whatever yeah i feel like i'm like picturing these guys and first of all i think they're all guys Second of all, I think they're just overblown egos. And I could be totally wrong. I don't know. But it's like, oh, I am the planet namer. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean the committee? Yeah, the committee. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the guys that discovered it, but the committee like, no, you will not name your planet the name that you want it. Yeah, who the fuck are they? Yeah, who are they? That's a little too much red tape. I don't like it. No, no, no. All this, all this planet naming bureaucracy is, is uh, infuriating. No, I don't, I don't like the idea of it at all. Yeah, we need to start a petition right now. No, we, yeah, we need to work on this now so that when they do find Planet Nine, these guys can name it whatever they want. Um, and and hopefully my anus is a front runner. Yeah. So so I was reading kind of about the naming, and I like this kind of stuff. And, and so, like I said, the giant planets in our solar system have all traditionally been named after ancient Roman gods. Um, Earth, I never thought about where the name Earth came from. But that comes from an old English word that just means ground, I guess. Earth or something. I don't know how I don't know how the inflection might have been on it, but I wonder if this committee got to pick that. Like they got to name our planet, our entire world. Like, man, that's kind of a cool a cool assignment. Uh how do you not get stuck up in your head ego wise when you get to name your own planet? Like all known existence of all life will be named by us. Yeah, you know, I think that some words have their own meaning and the meaning becomes obvious like after you say the word and i think earth is one of those where you know when when somebody said earth like well shit what does that feel like what does it remind me of oh it reminds me of this this whole thing that i'm standing on 
Yeah, but in the beginning, before Earth was just so common in Earth, like, did, did someone hear that and went, Earth? That fucking name sucks. I don't want to live on Earth. Like, that That name blows. What do we name it? Like, awesomeness or, you know, uh, something. I mean, it just means ground. That's uh, it's a little elementary. I mean, they did go back yeah. to the old English language and all that, so there's a little bit of digging involved, but... Really? Well, this I mean, and here's, here's my metaphysical thing, right? Yeah, that's what it means, but it's like, what does the energy convey, convey of that word? Sure. All right. Earth. Like, that's one syllable. That, that, like, <clears throat> you could put, put a stake in the ground there. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Oh, I found the name. Okay, so whoever gets to name this planet, which will be the first major planet discovery in 200 years... That's pretty cool. That hasn't happened in two centuries. Wow. Uh, they'll have to submit their proposed name for approval to a group called the International Astronomical Union. Uh, I'll look that up and see how many motherfuckers are on that committee or union. Because they are a overly powerful bunch. I don't like them. I don't even know them. But I don't like them. I don't like their oversight. I think whoever... Whoever discovers a planet should have the right to name it. Yeah, who put them in power? That's what I want to know. Well, like, is it is okay? So naming things, like, if I discover a street, or I mean, I guess I'm not going to discover a street, but like, if I build a property in a rural area where there is no street, and then I create a street, and that street needs to be named, am I allowed to name that street whatever I want, or do I, is there like some city street naming approval board that will, you know, give me the thumbs up or thumbs down on? on naming my street, you know, like Booger Lane or something. Yeah, I bet you're, I bet you're right. It does have to go through an approval process. Because yeah. you know, we've all seen streets in rural areas. I bet there's some in your, a lot in your area where a street is named after the family that, that like, developed the area. Um, so that probably happens. Like, you know, I could just have, like, Mike Street if I buy a big property and make a street on it. Um, but, yeah, if I wanted to name it something, like, stupid or ridiculous, they'd, they'd probably have a committee that overruled me. Yeah, well, you got to figure there's somebody down the line that messed it up for everybody, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I want to name my street Chicken Coop. And it's like, right. no, Fred, right. that sucks. That name sucks. We're not putting that in Google Maps. Yeah. So, unfortunately, <laughs> just knowing how people are, that probably happened. But, you know, I don't know. Then, then we have the other end of it, the red tape aspect of it. A little too much red tape. Like, yeah, because yeah. you could disagree if you created that, if you found that planet, um, and I didn't like the name that the international astronomy union committee chose for my planet. Why can't you openly, openly disagree and say, Hey, you have me on record. I do not agree that that is the name. And I, I found we it. founded the planet. Yeah. We found the planet. Uh, we proposed a rad name. My anus is hilarious. And you came back with some stupid Roman deity. Uh, I don't like it. I don't approve. And I don't want you naming my planet uh, that name. So, like, yeah, does, does, the, does the discovery, does the people who discovered it, do they have some final say at all? Or do they just get to suggest things? And then this union uh, of uh, ego nerds, do they just get to choose whatever they want? Is that the final say? It sounds like it. Well, hopefully that story would go down in history where it's like, uh, he, um, 
Ebert and whatever his name is. I'm making those up. Ebert and <laughs> John good, discovered the those planet. Are good space nerd names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> Ebert and John. Ebert and John. That for, forevermore, that is our space nerd names. All right. Um, Ebert and John discovered the planet, and you know, I could see like a Wikipedia article about them. They they uh, said that they didn't like the name of um, Protholemus Two or whatever, and they wanted to name it Myanus. You know. Yeah. So just go so, down in history that way. And everyone who is in the know uh, would refer to it as my, my anus henceforth, even though it was officially named Pro Prometheus, whatever. Uh, anyone who knew what was up and knew about Ebert and John, they, they would just call it my anus forever. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We got to write to these guys. I, I, I like the my anus name. I think I think we need to suggest that as a uh, as a strong contender. For the name of Planet Nine, why not? Yeah, I think we have a good uh, in on that. Well, maybe they go with like Roman names because, I mean, all, all of us on on our entire planet Earth, uh, we we all need to refer to this new planet. So it can't just be an English name. It can't just be like you know Snot Rocket, because uh, that's only funny in English. Whereas like maybe in Romanian, it doesn't really translate. Uh, as hilariously as it as it sounds here in America, so we probably do have to find a pretty universally cool name uh, that that humans of all countries can enjoy. Well, my anus isn't much different than your anus, don't, don't you think? Uh, We're I, I disagree. basically the same. I disagree. Your anus is entirely different than my anus. Okay, so I have a thirty-six inch waist. My anus. <laughs> oh, you're, 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 you're a rocking 30. a thirty-six. I'm, I'm rocking a thirty-two. 32, yeah. So Pretty your good. anus is is a much greater diameter than my anus, <laughs> uh, scientifically speaking. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Oh, man. <laughs> Fucking planets. Yeah. It's fun to, like, read news like that that's pure fun and pure interest. And, I mean, it's completely useless, obviously. Uh, it makes no difference in my life that they may have found Planet Nine, that it may exist or it may not, or it may be a black hole. None of it matters. But it's fun to think about. And it's a nice break from more topical uh, earthbound news because uh, there's so much shit news out there that's just a bummer. Um, there is. some not, not all of it's a bummer, though. You sent me an article recently, uh, another one out of uh, Australia, where the Australian premier, right, the South Wales premier, which is like, what, the president of that state or something? Yeah. She, uh, she was being investigated for taking a shitload of money from... Big Pharma, right? Pfizer yeah. and whoever else, like Big Vaccine. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and then uh, uh, some other guy, the lieutenant or whatever, also resigned uh, yesterday or something. So, some, is that yeah, Wales so, also, or is that some other Aussie Yeah, state? I think it was New South Wales. <clears throat> uh-huh. All right. So yeah. the same. Uh, so her and one of her underlings were allegedly taking money from Pfizer and, and whoever else pushing the vaccine and pushing vaccine mandate policy. And when she found out she was under the microscope that caused enough pressure for her to go ahead and just step down. Yeah. I but, mean, and she's basically in charge of like terrorizing these people that are underneath. And it's like, man, just that, uh, how could you get away with that for so long? How could you be so callous for doing that? I don't, I, I don't quite understand what's what the malfunction these, there was. Pushing these strict, vaccine stay-at-home mandates or vaccine mandates and super strict military enforced 
stay at home orders and stuff like that. And now it's looking like those policies and agenda is all being pushed by big pharma lobbyists. That's what it's looking like to me. I don't know all the details, but that's, and that's kind of the gist I'm getting. And the same thing in Canada, I think, I think, um, uh, I saw, I, I haven't watched it yet, but there's a video about the, uh, some of the head honchos in Canada that are kind of in cahoots too. And, um, I think it's just happening more and more. It just, it seems like we're been bought out at the top by these corporations. I mean, go figure, right? I mean, we've seen it it's happening now for 15, 20 years. I mean, it just got to this point where it's just absolutely insane. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, big pharma has always been a big, um, known lobbyist and agenda pusher and policy pusher, you know, to where a lot of lawmaking is pushed by lobbying money and big pharma is one of the biggest, um, lobbyists, right? I mean, they're, they're one of the biggest agenda pushing industries. That's nothing new. Now it's just in a way that's so much more invasive in our lives, right? Where it used to just be, Hey, don't treat this or that, um, or don't try to cure or find cures for this or that ailment or sickness or affliction. Um, just push our treatment of it. Um, so that instead of curing people of cancer, for, for example, we just want them to be treated for the rest of their life or until they die. Cause that's better for, um, pharmaceutical companies that equals more long-term sales of their product. And so they're pushing those sorts of government policies on the public. And that's terrible, but it never translated into things like military enforced stay at home orders. Now it's like on a whole new level. Yeah. And you know, it, it's so, I remember when I first heard about that, like somebody say something that was similar to that, that they don't make any, there's no money in the cure. There's only money and the uh, continued medicine uh, to treat it. Um, and I remember thinking like, that's a little bit conspiracy theory that, that there's no way that that's actually happening. And then coming to find out it just, I mean, it's hard to deny now. And, um, another recent thing was there's this supplement that's been on the market for like 30 years. It's called NAC. Um, I don't know how to say the name of it, but it's like an amino acid that oh, helps NAC you. spells knack. I'll help yeah. You out. <laughs> yeah. It's like nanacetylone cysteine or something like that. Whoa, yeah, um, NAC yeah. will suffice. Yeah. And it supposedly it helps you create glutathione, which is your brain's antioxidant. And okay. that helps regulate, supposedly it helps regulate people uh, for like um, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia because a lot of times uh, there's a lack of glutathione for those people. And, you know, that's one of the potential causes, but, um, it's like a wonder drug. It also boosts your immune system. There was a study done where, uh, three out of four people who were exposed to the flu got the flu, but didn't even feel like they had the flu. They didn't even know hmm. they had the flu. So it was like, they got the antibodies for that flu that they were exposed to, but they didn't even know they had it. So, so this thing like totally counteracted the symptoms that come with the flu. Like you still have it. You're just not getting any of the negative symptoms or, or much lighter symptoms, uh, as it, a result of this. Yeah. It like, it puts your immune system on like full blown, like it, it really enhances your immune responses in your immune system. Huh. So, the, so recently they're trying to take that off the market now. And I think they took it off Amazon. You can't find it on Amazon. Now you could still find it. It's at small, um, uh, like 
GNCs and stuff like that. But, um, and I, I recently got that and they do use it in the hospital too for late stage COVID because it, it thins the mucus. So not only okay. does it boost your immune system, but it thins your mucus. And hmm. this is also one of the things they use for a Tylenol uh, overdose. And Tylenol hmm. is like a Tylenol overdose is like one of the worst things you can have. Like that is really, like, oh yeah. Tylenol, if they were, they wouldn't release Tylenol to this day. Like had they known what they knew, knew because it's, it's one of those ones that's, you can over OD on it really badly and it's Shit, not recoverable. I, I never knew that. I didn't either. We grew up with it, but it's not as supposedly it's not as safe from what I heard. I got to say supposedly, cause I'm, I'm not an expert on that, but that is what I've heard. And, huh. uh, yeah, it's used for the, that overdose too. So it's, it's almost like a miracle kind of wonder drug, but it's also sold as a supplement. And, um, you know, so I, I got a few bottles here and I've just been taking that and my daughter got sick and, um, I didn't feel anything, I, but I did have a, a horse, uh, hoarseness in my voice. The but, one you have now, or was that? The one I have before? now. Yeah. Yeah. So this, right. this is like a cold and now, now I just got a cold too. It's just, and it's a really light cold. It's, there's nothing, um, feverish or anything about it, but I got it right after I finished mm. with this thing. But I, I would suggest don't take medicine because you sound fantastic sick. <laughs> your voice, your voice sounds very resonant, very, uh, very gravelly and cool. Uh, you should at least like try to do some like, like commercials or voiceover work while you are sick and if possible, stay sick. Cause, uh, yeah, you sound great. So uh, there's some money in this staying sick, huh? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Big money in being sick. I mean, you just, you know, you got to do some auditions, uh, maybe some like movie trailer voice work. You know, uh, scary, scary movie narration, something like that. And as bizarre as gold mine here, as bizarre as it may sound, I wonder. Uh, stay with me here. Do you think you could create a product to make you sound like this? Oh well, I, I imagine so. Like, so what we're what we're describing as your voice sounds great because you're sick is probably very simple symptoms, um, like what, some sort of an inflamed larynx or something like that, right? I mean, it's probably pretty simple. When you call it like a sore throat, I'm sure there's some sort of a symbol to understand for a medical doctor inflammation in the throat going on. I don't know. I'm no doctor, obviously. Uh, so, you know, your sinuses kind of react when you're sick. You get kind of stuffed up. Um, I don't think that necessarily sounds well because you start to sound really nasally when your nose is stuffed up. But when you just get that kind of chest cold and, and you've got, uh, um, a sore throat, but only a mild sore throat. You get too much sore throat. Then you sound like you're struggling to breathe and you're hard to listen to. But if you get a slight sore throat, like I think the way you feel right now, or at least the way you sound is like that, that has to be able to be caused. I mean, if we can cure inflammation, we can cause inflammation. I don't know that anyone's out there doing research on how to give you a sore throat, but maybe they should. Uh, I think voice actors would buy it like, Hey, I got a big gig. I'm going to go get a sore throat real quick. Give me about 48 hours and, uh, go take your, your fucking, your chest cold pill. And, uh, two days later you're, you're rocking the mic. Yeah. The, the inflammation piece doesn't sound too appealing on my like larynx, like you're saying, but, um, you're right. Like if you could guarantee the output would be like a smooth <clears throat> buttery voice like this. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no. I mean, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. you're you're uh, rough and rugged and silky smooth all at the same time. I'm just, I'm swinging it, huh? Yeah, no, no, it's cool, dude. Just keep talking. Will you just read me the dictionary? I'll just sit and listen to you just say nothing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Alphabet. Alphabet. Oh, man. One, Mississippi. Two, Mississippi. Go to sleep. Go oh, to man. Sleep. Do you find, maybe I'm, because I've, I've done voice work in the past, and I like voiceover work. It's probably the root of my interest in doing a podcast at all. Like, I like talking at a microphone. Uh I am hypersensitive to voices in a lot of different aspects of my life. Like one that I think maybe a lot of people could relate to is hearing a voice on a cartoon or something. And you know that voice and I absolutely have to know who that person is. So I'll kind of look it up like, Hey, who played, who played the, the, the funny dinosaur on this Disney movie or whatever. And you look it up and you're like, Oh, that guy, of course it's that guy. Um, other times I hear a voice on a cartoon and I know exactly who it is and it just sticks out like a, like a fingerprint to me. You just, I, you can identify a person by their voice instantly. Um, like in a commercial or something like that, you, the, the, these days you're getting a lot of A-list names doing very, ba very basic commercial voiceover work, which I like. Um, yeah. and then, uh, even even like audiobooks, we've talked about audiobooks before, but um, more and more famous people that are like A-list actors, like really, really big names are starting to do audiobook narration also, which I love. I love great narration. I love audiobooks. Like all of it's good to me. It's just creating a great, uh, a great source of enjoying material, enjoyment, whatever. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's an instant sell, I think. Like if, if uh, like Morgan Friedman were to like narrate something. You know, I'd be oh, like, yeah. okay, I mean, oh, like I need no warm up time to his voice. I'm, I'm on board. You got me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can't even imagine what his rate for narrating anything would be. Like it must just start at an astronomical rate, uh, even just to get him to say one word into a microphone for your promo or commercial or movie or whatever. Uh, cause he is the best. Um, but there's a lot of really good ones out there, too. You know who else is really good who you may not think of? He does a lot of work, and he's really, really good, is John Krasinski, the guy who plays Jim on The Office. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Huh. He's I, really yeah, good. I, I, would, I didn't know that. I know. You wouldn't really think about it like, uh, like he might seem like an odd fit, but he is great at voiceover work. I'm trying to picture it. That one's hard to picture. <clears throat> I'm sure if you went on YouTube or something like that and just Googled John Krasinski voiceover, good luck spelling his last name. Uh, and uh, he, he's done some fucking like app commercials. Some I want to say some insurance or investment app or one of those kind of modern-y services that's app-based. He's done some uh, commercials like that, and uh, he does a really good job. And then I think a lot of that pops up for me lately because now with little kids, we watch a whole lot of cartoons, virtually all cartoons. And um, uh, I really get a kick out of identifying voices from some of the cartoons, mainly like big, you know, Disney or Pixar films or whatever. They're getting some big names. And what's cool about those movies is you'll get really, really big names playing tiny, tiny, obscure parts where it's like, oh, wow, Tom Hanks was the voice of a toaster that was on screen for 12 and a half seconds. Like, okay, well, that's a pretty small part for Tom, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, you're like forever in that classic Disney movie. You know, who doesn't want to be memorialized that way? 
Well, yeah, I think that. And then I also think a lot of these big names have kids. So I think it's a really cool factor for them to go be like, oh, hey, I'm in the new Disney movie. And the kid's like, oh, my God, my dad. You know, like, I mean, if I had a shot to do a movie that my kid might like, uh, if I ever had to, to play a toaster in a Pixar film or something, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would do it for free just just because my kid would think it was cool. Yeah, for sure. You're like, that's me, honey. That's dad. Daddy's the toaster. And he would, he probably wouldn't care at all but i would think it's cool what cartoons are you guys on right now oh well movies um we watch luca on constant repeat and we're just getting past coco and then previously moana so for a while it was moana all day every day and then it was coco all day every day and now those are fizzling out, but still present, but fizzling out. And now it's Luca is our A number one, um, which is a great movie. Um, I mean, after 400 times, I'm a little tired of it, but still a great movie. I haven't even seen that one. I never even heard it, to be honest with you. Is that is that really? a Disney film? Or yeah, is that... yeah it's, it's new. I think it came out this year. Uh, it's, it's, it's their newest uh, feature animation deal. Oh, okay. Is your daughter not really into like Disney flicks like that or, or what's she into? Uh, you know, when she gets into something, she binges just that thing. And right now it's Trolls. Trolls. Is that a series or a movie? It's a series. Yeah. It's oh, kind of, okay. um, yeah, you've seen them before. It's just the right, those well, trolls with the big crazy hair and, and well, they're in, in music, right? I mean, they, they sing like really great songs. So a lot of what I've seen of Trolls is like music videos, a clip of them from a movie singing a particular famous song. Uh, so I, I, I think that a lot of great music is incorporated in, into Trolls. Is that right? They always have a soundtrack, a good song in there. You're right. They do. It, now, yeah. I don't I can't say that I remember um, it being a popular song or a song that's been sung that people know about, but uh, they definitely do have some some good music in there. And uh no, it's it's one of those cartoons. It's kind of nice because it's entertainable for both the kids and the parents because they have some funny parts in there for everybody. I think that writing and storyboarding and and just general structure of a film, uh, very few films compare to big feature animation films by like Pixar or DreamWorks or Disney or whatever. Like they write fucking great for those. They they really put a lot of thought into writing and storyboarding and character development. I think a lot of times way more than they do in like real live action films, because in live action films, you can, you can lean on special effects and visual effects as a crutch. Um, and almost by necessity, you expect them to look amazing. Whereas cartoons really can't rely on any of that. They have to purely rely on story. And you're right. They do obviously target their audience, which are kids, but I mean, they're really writing a lot of things in there for adults and they're enjoyable to watch. They're flat out good. Like, dude, when I first saw Luca, I was like, this is a great movie. I genuinely liked it. And for like the first 20 times I watched it, I genuinely liked it. Oh, was then, it one of the ones where your boys went to sleep and you, you, you're like, I got to finish the ending? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, we've only seen the first 30 minutes. We need to start at yeah. 30 minutes in. We got to finish this, guys. <laughs> that happens, dude. I, I I feel like pot committed a lot of times. So that happens a lot, dude. Like pretty much all of the movies I named, like Moana. The first time we watched Moana, 
we watched it together before nap time to wind him down. He ended up getting tired, going off to bed. We paused it to put him to bed. And then afterwards, my wife and I were sitting there with Moana paused. And we're just like, kind of want to see what happens. You know, (laughs) (laughs) are you into this? Yeah, I'm into it. Like, all right, let's, let's watch it. And yeah, we, we have continued to watch kid movies uh, after the kids have left the room. That's for sure. Oh, you posted about that too. Uh, your boys left the room and you were stuck watching uh, one of their oh, cartoons or something. That happens that, to me all the time too. Yeah, that was, I think, Peppa Pig. And, and nothing against Peppa, but I'm not into that cartoon. It It's cool for the kids. I like that my boy likes it. It's a very wholesome, cute, um, uh, chill cartoon. But um, it's it's not like it's not an engrossing plot at all. It's very It's very simplistic, very elementary. So that one really doesn't grab me. The cartoon that I really do genuinely like is Bluey. Does your daughter ever watch Bluey? I've never heard of it, no. You should watch Bluey. I think you'd like it. <laughs> See if your daughter likes Bluey. She might be too old. Okay. Is it like on a specific network or? Oh, shoot. I, well, no, you can get it on Disney. I, I think Disney like bought it or, or bought licensing for it or whatever. I don't think it's a Disney production, but it's on the Disney app. Do you guys have Disney Plus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's on there. So if you search Bluey. It's a little dog family. The The little boy is named Bluey. He's got his sister and a mom and a dad. What, what's cool about Bluey, it's tough to put into words, but if you watch an episode, you'll get it. The whole thing is based around play. So, like, it's all, it's all from the kid's perspective, and the parents are, are basically, like, super involved in the kid's imaginative play scenarios. And the dad especially is like 100% into whatever they're playing. And I don't think I'm doing a good job of explaining it. Um, but it's really cool, dude. It's it's like the dad is 100% immersed into their play mindset. And it's cool. It, it's super fun, enjoyable show. If you watch it, you'll just be kind of like, oh, okay, now I get what Mike's terrible explanation uh, was 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 poking at. Yeah, but, you, didn't, um, you didn't sell it very good there. I'm, no, dude, it's, uh, no, it's, it's really you. good. I don't know how to put it into words, but it's really, it's really well written. I'm, really I'm just pulling your leg. I'm sure, sure it is. Yeah. And honestly, it's one of these where I've, I've seen it. It's my, my nephew who's, uh, older than my boys. Uh, he really likes Bluey. So I watched it, uh, just kind of put it on like, Oh, I wonder if this is something my boys will like. I watched it. I go, Oh, this is amazing. And I've tried to get my boys into it and neither one of them are showing any interest in Bluey yet. I think they're still a little bit young. But I keep trying to throw it out there like, hey, do you like this one yet? Because daddy wants to watch it, you know, so I want them to like it so that I can watch it because I feel weird watching it like myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of throwing it out there like bait, like, hey, you in the bluey yet? No. Oh, all right. I'm back to Peppa Pig. OK. Well, I'll, gi- I'll give you a couple. Week. I'll give you a couple Peppa Pig moments that uh, I thought were funny. Well, right. One specifically. Um, have you seen Chickens Ride West? Like Chickens uh, Ride West. Name. Chickens so. ride west, and it it was like a continuous theme through Peppa Pig for that episode. Um, okay, it was just so off the wall and bizarre, and with the way that they sung it too, it was just it just hit a glitch in my matrix, and it just made me roll. <laughs> like I know it's <laughs> it's just so funny. Chickens ride west, and yeah, me and Esme would get a kick out of that one. So she likes uh, Peppa, or used to like Peppa. Yeah, used to. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's old news right there. She's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Trolls is kind of nice because it's more um, the personalities are more teeny teen related, but it's not made for teens. 
obviously it's it's made for kids but there's a little bit better dialogue in it and it's not like so yeah. dumbed down where you yeah. know you know you there's more context you have to understand in the meat and the shows right. and you know and even if she's not grasping all of the nuances of the of the dialogue and all that, that's that's nice for you. Uh, it makes it more enjoyable to sit and enjoy with her because, you know, kids are going to enjoy something on their level. And if there's a little extra uh, or a different level that's also worked in there, then you get a little something to enjoy. And it's it's fun for the whole family. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like that. I do. Prin Princess Switch. Princess Switch? Yeah, that's... You have boys, so that's not going to be a big hit in your house, but it's good. Was it, Sarah will is like it. a it. show? It's a movie. Uh, Sarah oh. would like that, I think. Yeah, it's about okay. um, a princess who switches with a commoner. Mm. And um, yeah, the commoner was a baker. And All right. They looked exactly the same. They happen to be exactly the same because they're the same actress, but um, they did a switcheroo. It's kind of, it's cute. It's kind of yeah, funny. and that's one of those premises uh, that has been done a million times in a million different ways, but it never really gets old. It's a good premise. Yeah, yeah, it right? provides, yeah, it is, it really is, yeah. It provides yeah. a whole bunch of little hairy scenarios where they run into each other with their significant others, and then they mix them up, and they don't know who's who. Yep, and then, yep, or interact with people who knows one of these two people who look identical, and, and it's obviously awkward for them to try to pretend that they are that person the other person expects them to be when in fact they're the other one who looks identical. Yeah. See, yeah. it's like this stuff just writes itself. If you pick that oh, kind yeah. of movie. Yeah. 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 No, it's a, it's a proven formula that, uh, uh, it's a proven recipe that can be rebaked in a million ways. And just super entertaining to watch. Does your daughter like music a lot? Yes, she does. Does she listen to music? Does she like watching music videos? Like where's she at musically? So we have a playlist for her, which she, um, like if, if her and I are doing some work or whatever, like, uh, we were digging a ditch out back. Um, she'll want to listen to her play. <laughs> Fuck, you mean, you mean like work work? I thought you meant like coloring yeah. or something. Yeah, you mean yeah, like, no. We're you know, if Tennessee. I've got her chained to a boulder swinging a pickaxe, <laughs> I've got a playlist for that. Wow. Yeah, when, when she's got a pickaxe and she's going going at it at the rocks, you know, and breaking the rocks up, <laughs> she wants to hear her own playlist. So I put on her playlist and it's like a, uh, an accumulation of just songs that she's heard. Like we might be out uh, at a restaurant or some something. She's like, oh, I like this song. She's like, daddy, put this on my playlist. So I'm like her personal playlist kind of uh, aggregator. I love that. You're yeah. curating her collection of music. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, ever since she was born, like, I felt like I had a, a duty to expose her to, like, the 70s and, you know, the older 60s even, and even the uh -huh. songs from the 50s and kind of, like, start to build up her musical repertoire. Yeah. Um, so I feel, like, really good about doing that. I've really built her up. I mean, she's, like... She loves the Eagles, like, oh, wow. listen to the music, you know, and then she's, she likes, um, Rihanna and, uh, um, well, also I was actually thinking of, of not Carly Simon, but, um, Fleetwood Mac. Um, okay. Yeah. She likes Fleetwood Mac and, uh, and she likes Love all that. the new stuff too. All the new teeny bopper songs as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat to expose them to different stuff. Um, different types of music from your generation or even beyond just good music from all eras. Music's timeless. And, 
I find it funny at this point in my boy's life. He just like he's he's loved music since before he could walk. Right. He's I've had him like on little bongo drums when he could barely sit up and and all that. But really over over like the past year, has he become aware of what music he likes and what music he does not like and able to, you know, ask me to put certain music on and all that. And he's just really taken the ball and run with it. Uh, my older boy I'm talking about, who's almost yeah. three. And he, uh, my, my younger boy, who's not even one yet, he loves music too. He just bounces around, but obviously he hasn't given any feedback to what he likes. He just bounces to music. But my older boy, he is very musically inclined and dance. He loves to dance, uh, which he obviously got from his mom because I can't dance. And he is a really good dancer. He's really perceptive of watching moves. Like we watch a lot of music videos on YouTube. And there's a lot of dancing and music videos, obviously. And he likes to watch the same music videos over and over again. And he really studies the movements that the the people are doing. And over some time, he'll get to memorize them. And he'll start, like, kind of mimicking and copying the, the choreography of the songs and stuff. And it's pretty cool. My wife is over the moon about it because she's was, like, I mean, just short of a professional dancer for a long, long time. Like, that's a big thing for her. And uh, now... As someone who sucks at dancing and has never liked dancing, in fact, I, I would even go as far as to say is that I actively disliked dancing for my whole life. Um, now I have to enjoy dancing because my boy likes it. So now I'm out there doing dance parties and and all that. I mean, very badly, of course, but I'm into it, dude. I'm I'm fucking dancing, and the kind of music that my boy picks has always been a really entertaining thing to me. Where he goes through phases where he'll just totally obsess on certain songs. And like for a while it was Gangnam style. That was his jam, dude. And we heard nothing but Gangnam style in the house and in the car and in the backyard, no matter where we were and what we were doing, it was Gangnam all the way. And oh my God, it gets old, but it's still hilarious and cute because he loves it. And lately, uh, it makes, makes us feel like bad parents. Like, I don't know if we should let him listen to this, but lately his favorite band has become LMFAO. And He's singing all these party rock songs from, from that that album, dude. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like the club music and all that? No, not Where, really. I don't know that band, but... Oh, dude, it's it's like club dance music. You would know the songs if, if you heard them. And, oh, gosh, which one? It, it, the one he started liking best was called Party Rock Anthem. And it's the one where it's, Every day I'm shuffling. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And, uh, oh my God, dude, he loves that song, dances all the time to it. He shuffles and all the time he'll be like, every day I'm shuffling and <laughs> just rocking out to it, dude. And it's a very inappropriate song. The, the video is not terrible on that particular one, but the song itself is not appropriate for his age group, but he loves it. Well, and then you there's know, another one. Good. You know, that song, there was a song that we all loved. Um, this was probably, uh, before your time a little bit, maybe. Uh, but Olivia Newton-John, let's get physical. Let's get physical, physical. Like that was back in 1982, and every kid in the classroom loved that song, but nobody knew what it was. What was about, obviously. But right, you know, right. We, She's we were out saying, of the joke, fuck. but yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's pretty crazy no when, yeah. when you're breaking down lyrics and all that, and and I, I get that where. Uh, I mean, all the time and all these kids songs that he listens to or like, oh, hey, kids dance video because he loves to dance. So we'll put that on and it'll be some like little 
young kid dance school where, you know, a whole class and a teacher have put together a little dance number to a popular song or whatever. And they're all dancing to this or that. And I'm listening to it because I, I, I like to listen to lyrics. Um, so I'm watching my son love this song and whatever and rock out. And I'm listening to the lyrics going, honey, do you hear what they're talking about? Like this, this isn't okay. And, uh, she doesn't even know cause she's listening to music. She's a dancer. And I'm like, she's talking about taking a guy into her room. She wants to be alone in her room and bang, bang, bang. Like really like that. That's what these little tiny kids are, are listening to. And my son's over here dancing away to this. I was, it's not a big deal. We don't make him stop or anything, but I can't help but notice like, huh, that's not appropriate at all, but go ahead, boy, have fun. Yeah. And you know, I mean, they know nothing about that obviously. Right. So it's kind of like, um, they'll figure it out when they're 25, like we did, or, you know, even I remember there were songs like I would hear and I'm like, what did they say during that song? And I look back at it and I'm like, Oh, they were talking about bumping and grinding is what they're talking about, but I didn't oh, yeah. know anything about it. I mean, I think that's kind of common for kids to be uh, out of the loop on what the context of the song is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Do do like the, some of the other LMFAO songs that my boy likes as a result, like he really started liking the Shuffle song and then that led him to other LMFAO songs. And some of the other ones are like just full blown, like, nope, you can't watch that one, like full on inappropriate. Uh, and then as soon as he identifies something that, he's not allowed to see like all he wants to do is watch that. So he knows how to like search it out on YouTube. And, uh, <laughs> he, he just keeps hounding us to watch like, Oh, I want to watch that one. And we're like, no, you can't watch that one. It's, and then he'll, 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 he'll wear us down eventually. And what he also does too, is when the grandparents are watching him, they help him flip through things on YouTube. Oh. And when it shows up as a suggested song, because he's listening to related songs, it'll show up in suggested, uh, things to watch. He'll go over there and point and be like, all, oh, Papa, uh, this one, this one. And they don't know any better. They'll just go click it. And he's totally <laughs> manipulating the grandparents into playing into playing the no-no songs for him. Oh, that's funny. Hey, that's what grandparents are for. Totally. You know? Totally. So, I mean, I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, I mean, it's, none of it's going to ruin him for life. But, I mean, we do try to be careful with what he can watch. But, uh, I don't know, probably makes us kind of bad parents for letting him watch LMFAO. But it's hilarious. And it's so cute to watch him dancing and singing and... He's so into it, dude. And I mean, you're, you're, we're watching these videos just going, oh my God, why are we letting him watch this? And uh, he's having a great time. So, yeah, you whatever. can't take that away from him. Esme is a no. big dancer, too. She loves to dance. Yeah. yeah, she's, and she's taken a lot of dance in her life, too, just through like jazz dance and ballet dance. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's just the icing on top, I guess. But she, she's good at it. She's really good at it. And she's very naturally graceful. So and, cool. Uh, no, it's it's really pretty to watch. She, and she she can dance. She can dance. I mean, she's got the rhythm. She's got everything. I mean, I wow. it's surprising to me at this age that she can dance that good. It's like uh, pretty she impressive. Learns like moves and choreography pretty well. Well, I guess these things have been taught to her. I don't know where she picked them up at, but okay. they're definitely just kind of dance moves, like just yeah. the way that she just moves. Wow. Um, yeah, she doesn't. That, yeah. that stuff to me is mind blowing because, A, I can't dance. So even if I know what to do, I can't do it. But even knowing what to do is really hard for me. Like if you try to show me four moves in a row, I will not remember them. Uh, I'll be lucky if I make it to the second move. But the fourth one has no chance of ever of ever happening. I don't um, know, Mike. I, I think I think you'd be a good dancer. Why don't you uh, send over a video? 
of, of you dancing. dancing. <laughs> oh yeah, that's not going to find its way onto the yeah, website. Sonora video. Let's oh, check okay. it out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, there's a million of them too, because my son will be dancing, and that's cute and video worthy. So my wife will videotape him, and of course I'm on the side, fucking pumping my fist and biting my lip like a white guy, and and uh, uh, I can't help but be in the frame. So many videos exist of me embarrassing myself. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I just had to hit her up. Okay. Uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've outed myself. Watch out. Remember, you got uh, Dara and uh, Sarah. Dara and Sarah. Oh, man. You two as a team. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, we were the uh, karaoke team. On, I still uh, remember having a new year's party and all of us out back partying it up and we're drinking and hanging out and come back in the room and you and my wife are singing Madonna or something. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on we, in here? Yeah. We both like that song. Um, what is it called? If I ran away, I never have a place that to go very far. Um, you're just going to let me keep going on and on, aren't you? I, 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 it doesn't ring a bell with me at all. I don't know that song. I'm sorry. It sounds fantastic, though. Your your voice, your, your sick singing voice is wonderful. I'd even listen to you sing Madonna. Oh, oh well, thank you. No, both of us love that song. So it was like uh, we got a couple. Her and I have some similar music that we overlap in, I think, that we grew up listening yeah. to, some old Madonnas and stuff like that. So. Like, she uh, loves you more than anything, dude. It's always just like, I love Derek. He's so much fun. And oh, dude, she loves freaking, she loves you. Well, do you remember, I, same here, man. Do you remember um, when you first, uh, when you guys first kind of got together, um, it was that night that we went over to her house and uh, did karaoke like on her TV. Oh, at her house? Yep. It was at her house. I'm pretty sure huh. it was her house. I think it was. They had nice bottles of wine there. Um, oh, I do remember that. No, that was someone else's house. Oh, that's right. It's somebody else's house, but she was okay to open the wine because she was uh -huh. watching it for him, right? She was watching the house for him or something, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's right. Yeah, that was fun. That was like after a long night of partying at Cask and Cleaver, I think. That was. And then it... And then it closed down at like one thirty or two, and we weren't we weren't done partying yet, so we went back to this house and after partied it, and probably did karaoke until the sun came up. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was you guys actually first time getting together too, right? Or you guys uh, kissed yeah, we, before that or something? Uh, it was something like I mean, we were barely easing into being together because we were friends for a while, work friends. We worked together, uh, and we were work friends for a while before we merged that into being more than friends. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was right around that transitionary time of, uh, of, uh, yeah, uh, becoming more than friends. And you know what I sang that night too? I sang Madonna then too. I'm not surprised. Live to tell. Probably, probably wonderfully, uh, I might add, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. What did I sing? I probably sang like dead Kennedys or, or, uh, baby, baby got, got back, back or something like that. Yeah. Little in the middle, but she got much back. And since we were just coming back from karaoke, it was probably the third time since I've seen that song that night. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, those man. were fun days. Those were fun times. Dude, where do you fall on... You know what I was thinking the other day with, with kids and letting them do stuff? Is we were talking to... Who the hell were we talking to? I don't know. Someone else with kids. And they were talking about sleepovers. And it was one of those things where we don't think about it yet because our boys aren't at that age. But at some point, they're going to be invited to spend the night at their friend's house. And uh, 
we're not cool with that. And Good. it's something that we never really thought a lot about, but both of us are on the same page of like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, where do you fall on? Like your daughter's probably at that age. Has she been invited to sleepovers and stuff yet? Um, no, she hasn't. There's been a little talk here and there about it, but I'm with you, man. It's kind of like, you know, I need to know your family intimately. There, there probably is one friend that she has who I'm really close with, with the mother mm -hmm. that I can see that. But like this random friend just coming out of the blue and just saying, Hey, you want to sleep over? It's like, no, I don't, I don't know about what uncles you got over at that house that might be coming in at two in the morning. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, sorry to take it all to the dark place, but. Well, dude, that's know, where it is. And that's know, our yeah. whole reason for being like, you know what? No. Yeah. You won't no. be able to sleep. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'd be like, Hey, no. Yeah. Is my, weird stuff yeah. can happen, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was my sister. We were talking to my sister about it and she's of the same thing. Like, no, we, we don't let our boy, he's, I think her, my nephew is seven now. Um, but her whole stance was like, none, no, no, absolutely not. I mean, he can go to a sleepover and hang out and, you know, do the whole pizza thing. And when everyone goes to bed, we'll come pick you up, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, which dude, there's just too much weird shit. And, and it, it sucks to be so, um, pessimistic or skeptical of people, but uh, I mean, it's your kid, so so fuck it. Even if it's a rare occurrence, uh, there's no reason to risk it. So um, my sister was telling me when she was a, a little kid, I don't know what age, but little kid doing sleepovers, went to her best friend's house, which my parents knew very well. They were in the same neighborhood, that kind of thing, like right down the street. Oh, I'll go stay at Susie's house down the street kind of thing. Okay. Uh, she said that she woke up the next morning and the mom and the dad were both walking around the house totally naked. Ew. And it was just a normal thing. They they just walk around the house naked. And she was out there, both of them totally naked, like, uh, well, this is weird. And uh, to them, it, it was no big deal. That was their normal. Well, it doesn't but, feel normal if you got a, somebody over that is a kid. Uh, that's straight up weird, dude. Straight up weird. I don't walk um, around naked in front of my daughter and wife, you know? No. No. I, I, I never would. Like, that's not appropriate. <laughs> no. Not at all. No. So we'll stop. And then like you said, like the uncle, it's like, okay, so maybe we're really good friends and we know the mom and the dad really well. And our kid is super good friends with their kid. So we're really tight with the mom and the dad and the kid asking him to sleep over. But what about some random uncle or cousin or visitor or whoever? I don't know who else is in the house or who else might come to the house yeah. after hours or what they're doing or coming home drunk or who the hell knows, dude. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, things were just so much different when back when we were kids. And I feel it was kind of like a school of fish mentality where just kids just like littered the streets and the yards and just people were kids were everywhere. They're always out playing. At least that's the way I remember it. Uh -huh. And it was almost like you had protection in numbers. Now it's like there's no kids out anywhere. And, uh, if your kid is out, they're the only ones out just in the middle of nowhere. And it just doesn't feel right. Well, and that's kind of a bummer, right? To put it that way. Cause you're right. Growing up, if, if the sun was out, we were outside. I mean, I remember my mom being basically like, what are you doing in here? Like go outside. Uh, don't come back until the sun come sun goes down or until I call you for dinner. Like you're, you're awake, be outside, go play with your friends. I'll see you later. Uh, yeah. And that's just kind of the way it was. Right. And we would go out and, 
play in the neighborhood. We'd go play, you know, baseball in the street or soccer or ride bikes or fucking throwing rocks at hornet nests or whatever the hell stupid shit we were getting into. Ding dong ditching, toilet papering, whatever. <laughs> uh, but we were not just sitting at home. And you're right, it, that just kind of was the way it was. I mean, the entire neighborhood, every kid in the neighborhood just hung out together. Regardless of whether you even really liked a kid or whatever, it was just kind of like, well, he's a kid and he's in the neighborhood, so we're out playing baseball together because we're kids. Yeah, yeah, of course he's... What do you mean, is he allowed to come what? over play? Like, yeah, what's he's he going to do, and... stay inside the house? His mom doesn't want him there. He's got to be out here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we go to... Uh somebody else's house and even play video games that that would happen often or uh-huh. um, just uh-huh. just you're just always out and now yeah there's nobody's out much um, now it's like organizing play dates which was never the case when I was growing up there was no play dates every day was a play date if the sun was out it was a play date go outside and play uh, but now it's yeah. yeah scheduled play dates and and very controlled and I don't know uh, maybe I'm sure it's safer, but there's a certain uh, freedom that's certainly removed from that style of doing it. But that's just kind of the way it is now, right? I mean, if you're doing it differently, you're doing it differently than everyone else. So it's just not the same as what you'd imagine it would be if you were sending your kids out all day. It's just different. Yeah. Um, my daughter would have like, a, um, she ha- well, she has one friend that is in the neighborhood here that's in her same classroom. And it's, it's re- it is nice because it's like, it's one little shining uh, light of like childhood that I remember was being able to like see your friend outside and go and run and play with them outside in a yard. And she does that. And it's so, it's so neat just to see her just run unfettered all the way over to the yard and just like, um, play with her friend just because I'm like, man, that's, that's what it is right there. Oh like, yeah. I no, mean, that's, you don't, that's childhood. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to stay inside. No. Why would you stay inside? Your friend is outside right there. Mm-hmm. Go play with your yep. friend. And she wants to, that's all she wants to do when her friend is outside. It's really awesome. I just, it just, uh, but it's just too bad that it doesn't happen on a larger scale. And no, um, you know, I don't no. know. Yeah, no, it is. It is a little weird. But then, it, I don't know, it's just like you said, maybe it's a different time or probably just a different collective perspective of the safety out there. Because it's not like things were safer when you and I were growing up. I mean, if anything, the dangers were just a little less known. It's not like kids weren't being abducted or there weren't weird child abusey things happening or any of that back then. That all certainly happened. It's just so front and center in in messaging these days that everyone's so uber aware of it that we're all just kind of more restrictive in our in our parenting style and all that kind of stuff but i don't know that the conditions have really changed i think it's really just our awareness of conditions yeah i think you're right and it's it's that school of fish thing i think too because if you know when you see if you let your kids outside just go run around they're going to be the only kids out there doing that uh-huh. and it makes them a tar- you know it almost like feels like it makes them a target for those for those sick people that that do think like that. Yeah, like some creepazoid in a old panel van is driving around like, "Oh, finally, one a kid is outside." Like instead of having hundreds to pick from, he's he's just got that one kid, your kid that's uh you finally let outside. The guy in the panel van is is stoked cuz uh hunting's been scarce these days. Yeah, it's it's that is like the 
worst nightmare right there. And it's just so, you know, but yeah, that, that's the mentality that I see as to why I don't allow that to happen. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that and we'll see how our perspective or, or thoughts on all that change as the boys get older and I guess everything is relative to them and their surroundings and every situation's unique. But yeah, as a whole, when we were kind of faced with the thought that we hadn't even considered yet, like sleepovers, we were just kind of like, uh, no, no, I, I don't want our boy sleeping over at someone else's house. That ain't happening. Yeah, no, that's that's the right decision, to, if you ask Shit, me. Growing up, though, dude, I was able to sleep over at virtually anybody's house anytime with very little explanation. It was literally just like, hey, mom, can I sleep over at Matt's house? Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, that was it. Yeah, it's true. It, yeah, sometimes you look back at that, you know, and you're just like, what was going on? And, and it was just the prevailing mentality. And and it must have been kind of nice, too, for the parents, you know, if they did trust the other parents. We And I sure. do remember my parents saying no before, uh, at least once or twice. Yeah. So, you know, you look back, of course, as a kid, you're like, no, just let me. You don't. You yeah. obviously oh, don't understand the reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're traumatizing my childhood. Like, how how dare you say no? You know, yeah, you kick and scream and all that. And really, your parents are just like, uh, her dad is a raging alcoholic and kind of a weirdo, so you cannot go to that house. Sorry, I'm doing you a favor. But generally speaking, though, yeah, it was it was just way more open. I mean, I remember totally. in my older ages, you know, I, I don't remember what age it changed but you know i also grew up kind of on a military base too so i think there was Mm -hmm. a little bit of a difference with that just because there's people follow the law a lot more like if you do something wrong on a military base like that's not okay like you're gonna get kicked out of your house and you're gonna get kicked off the base like people dot their i's and cross their t's on a military base so sometimes i wonder if like i had a little bit more of a safety net having grown up on those, those installations, but yeah, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. 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 No, maybe. Cause I'm sure in that environment, it's even more tight knit. People know each other even more. It's even more protected. So that is a different level of security. Um, but even just the times dude, when we were growing up, it was just different. Um, freedom wise. I mean, even just to let your kids grow out, go out and like, Hey, we're going to go ride our bikes. I don't know what age that is okay. I don't remember what age my parents just started letting me take off. Um, And even if they were to say like, okay, but don't go any farther than the end of the street or whatever, like, okay, none of that, none of that mattered. I mean, once you were out the door and on your bike, you were fucking gone. Oh yeah. And I remember as a kid, dude, we ended up in some really weird far away places. Like we would go all the way to these orchards that were quite a ways away And we would know and talk to homeless dudes that lived inside tents in some of these like orchards way the fuck away from home. And we thought these homeless guys were cool because they could like buy us beer or or even just, I don't know, whatever, you know, when we were kind of a little bit older. And you look back at that going like, wow, that could have went really badly. We were way out in the middle of of an orchard hanging out with some homeless guy. Uh, We're lucky that didn't go badly, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think we've all had some situations like that. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So I don't know, as a parent, you you start thinking about that stuff. I never really thought about it much at all. Um, 
And then, yeah, I mean, as a parent, you're going to be faced with all those things. And it's certainly not like my mom or dad knew that I was out there in an orchard on the other side of town hanging out with homeless people. I'm sure they would not have been stoked on it, but they never knew it, you know, and that's what you get when your kid just kind of takes off on a bicycle with some neighborhood kids. They, they end up, uh, they end up in crazy places and crazy situations, but that's childhood, man. I guess that's just living. That kind of made me who I am now. So it's, it's, it's formative and it's inevitable. But as a parent, it's tough to just uh, stomach the roulette-ish nature of that sort of activity. Yeah, that I remember uh, when I was in third grade, I had two best friends, and they were twins. They were named Aaron and Darren. And we would ride bikes, like, on the base. We lived on a farm station. I could see a little laugh here. <laughs> I think I told <laughs> Megan this story. parents' names? Sharon um, and Karen. Oh, are they like a lesbian couple? <laughs> I don't. I can't think of a guy's name that that rhymes with Aaron. No, I can picture the dad's face right now. I don't remember what their what their All name right. were. Darren and Aaron with their mom Aaron Sharon. And, Aaron and Darren. Aaron oh, was oh, actually oh, my closest friend. Darren was his brother, and he uh. was just a little bit taller, and he had like kind of a dimple on his forehead. So that's how I knew that one was Aaron and the other one was Darren. But um we lived on a military base called Vent Hill Farm Station. And this was like in 1983. And we would just, we would ride miles and miles away. Like we would go like, I don't know, man. We we were just on our bikes constantly. And we would yeah. go on these big treks and trails and, you know, innocently getting into trouble. Um, but just gone and on your own. And what a cool feeling of freedom as the kid doing it. Uh, as a parent yeah. though, yeah, it's, it's like tough to, uh, you know, think like, oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Go ahead and go ahead and do that ride to the other side of town. Good luck. Yeah. There just wasn't that fear there. No, you no, know? no. I mean, it was almost like your parents encouraged it. They were just like, get out of here. Don't why are you in the house. Like go out, ride your bikes, go somewhere. They, they didn't, they, they didn't care. They weren't asking questions. They were just like, go be outside. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is both awesome and uh, risky and yeah, fuck man. But God, I guess uh, that's life, right? Life is yeah. awesome and risky. So are you going to sit around and, and avoid risk or are you going to go out there and take the risk? Yeah. I think me and my friend one time when I lived in uh, Laurel, Maryland, um, we had a van that was like tracking us, dude. And Whoa. like we ended up hopping the fence and going to McDonald's. And then wow. we were watching him, and then he came back, and we were like, hop the fence back over. Yeah, it was creepy. Wow. Yeah. We huh. were in uh, 86, sixth grade. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, it's so fucking weird to try to even wrap your mind around the sort of mindset of a person who creeps around looking for kids in a weird, creepy panel van and that sort of cliche, you know? It's just... Uh, dude, that sort of mindset of child molesters or child abductors and all that, like, is just so unfathomable and so disgusting, so reprehensible. And now as a parent is just so terrifying that there are predators out there like that. Um, it's, 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 uh, fucking sick, man. It is. It is. Like you're saying, there's no context for understanding of it. You know uh, what I mean? And it's like, there's yeah. no, like, I don't, I, I, the reference point is is zero percent there for me. Like I, no. I um, 
you know, I, and I don't want to sound like mean or anything, but man, what do you do with that? Like, cause it seems like you, that if you have that, like, Ooh, like, Oh, to find out like if, if, Oh, Oh, all of a sudden you realize like, Oh my God, I, 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 what I like little kids or something like that. Like you find out you are one of those people and you have to look at yourself in the mirror and realize like, Oh my God, I'm a child predator. Do they even have that self-awareness? I wonder, or if they just kind of, you know, justify self, uh, self-justify or, or, um, make excuses or, or justify or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but they kind of just figure out a way to make it okay with themselves in their own head. Yeah. I don't know, but it, it makes me mad. <laughs> I know like my, like, my overwhelming feeling is just like, I'm upset. Like I just like, it's one of the few, <laughs> it's one of the few, uh, behavioral defects that make me think that the death penalty is okay. Like I'm not a death penalty guy. I don't, I don't think it should exist. I don't think it's a, a viable form of punishment. Or maybe if it does need to exist, only be used in extremely, extremely rare situations that are maybe looked at by a special, you know, federal committee of judges or some kind of a super special set of circumstances around using it. But I don't know, instantly when I think about child um, abusers or any of those kind of child predators, like my first thought is kill them, juice them, put them in the electric chair. Like I just go straight there. Yeah. No, I, I, hear like, I don't I mean, want yeah. them on the planet. I don't want to share a planet with people like that. Yeah. Like I just don't believe rehabilitation. Like I don't believe that. No, you know no. what I mean? It's like, I, yeah. you and I are attracted to women, uh, that are women, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's my, like, I, I can't be changed from that. I have a wife. No. You know I mean? don't, I'm not trying to. Uh, no, no, no. But yeah, you've never looked at, yeah, you've never looked at like an 80 year old man and been like, huh? Yeah, I guess he is kind of hot. Like it's just not in you, you know, you're, you're attracted to, um, comparably aged women and, and and it can't be erased. You know what I mean? uh, That, that can't be erased. Like that's just right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. So if all of a sudden you realize like, oh my God, it's programmed into me to like, uh, you know, six year old boys, like yikes. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, that's a terrible defect to have, but I don't want you on the planet. Like, you can't be here. You, you can't, you can't be among us. I, we don't want you here. And w- yeah, and what's up with it? That's a crazy uh, one. Like, the priest uh, seems to be a, a popular kind of avenue. And I'm not saying all uh, priests are like that, you know, but um, it just seems to be a popular uh, kind of... Yeah. What is that? Okay, so... Religious structure, especially it seems like like the Catholic religion, seems to be particularly protective of um, child molesters. Um, so, A, the restrictive nature of the Catholic religion, where you basically have to, you know, get involved in the religion structurally, and then you can't get married or do anything, so it's super repressive. Um, okay, now you're going to look for other ways to to kind of satisfy your natural human desire for sexual contact. And the only thing around you is altar boys. So maybe there's some of that, or maybe there's um, sick pedophiles out there already who are like, Hey, I'm a pedophile and I'm a horrible person. I should go join a religious, religious cult so that I can go and, you know, maybe save my soul. Cause I don't want to be a, a child predator. Or maybe there's people out there who are like, Oh my God, I'm a child predator. I should totally join the Catholic religion. Cause that's like, 
perfect place for me. They'll protect me, and it's got a fresh crop of altar boys all the time that I can prey on. Um, any of those three scenarios may play into the uh, common, uh, the, the the abundance of child molesters in yeah, uh, I think the that's Catholic a, religion. I think that's a pretty good summary, yeah. I, I can see all three of those uh, avenues yeah. being there. I think it's that. Yeah. And how about that church structure-wise as a whole protecting uh, priests who are known child molesters instead of, like, turning them over to the authorities? They, like, transfer them to different churches or whatever. Like, oh, he touched a bunch of boys over here in, in San Diego. So, yeah, we're not going to give them up to the church or, or up to authorities. We're not going to, like, hold them accountable for that and send him to jail. We'll just transfer him to a different church over here in a different city. Like, that'll fix the problem. Well, that shows you that it... it it's a bigger problem than you think it is, you know, that it goes up the ladder, I think, because, uh, as soon as, uh, underling Johnny gets crucified, then maybe the, his over overlord, or I don't know, I'm using the completely the wrong words, but his boss gets crucified too. Yeah. Um, maybe they have something on each other. I don't know, but why would you protect something like that? Like you would protect it if you could identify with it, I suppose. But yeah, you know, I, that's the only way that I can see it. Cause certainly I wouldn't protect you. Fuck no. Hell no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And, and then you think like once the church started taking a lot of heat for it, like, Hey, uh, you, you know, Catholic religion, you guys are really becoming known. And I mean, you guys are like a punchline for child molestation. Now you think that they would do more to weed those dudes out of their system. Cause they're, they're giving the whole religion a bad rap, you know? Yeah, I guess there's and, just so many of them. They're just covering for each other. I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't that, know, dude. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, that's the only way that I can understand it. But I know what you mean. Like, I don't understand why it just can't be weeded out in like one day. You know, um, maybe maybe one of those yeah. scenarios like you're saying is right, you know, where, I mean, that's just where a lot of them end up, I suppose. Uh, and they, you know, may, maybe they feel like they're messed i mean you got of course you got to feel like there's something wrong with you i mean you I have would to know like yeah, yeah even if you're a serial killer or something you have to know that i'm a serial killer i'm a shit person i've killed seven people now and i want to go kill an eighth um i'm i'm that guy i'm a serial killer and and i guess depending on my level of uh uh psychoticness uh i, w I would feel a certain way about being that guy but you have to at least know that you are that guy I don't know. I mean, it's hard yeah. to really put yourself in the shoes of a deranged person and how they think or feel. But I mean, you have to know that serial killers exist. And once you've killed seven people and you want to go kill an eighth, you have to realize that you are one of those people. I don't know how yeah. you feel about it. I guess that may vary between them. I like what Adam Carolla says about that. What did he say? Um, he was talking about a scout, a scout, uh, club or whatever and the parents how they volunteer and some parents are like we'll take them camping and then one week and then another parent will volunteer and he said what you do is the first parent that volunteers you say not you <laughs> 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 and then you just you go with the second option yeah no so okay all right so you got a whole room full of parents at, at a at a at a cub scout meeting and they're just like okay parents we need uh we need someone to volunteer to take 20 young boys camping and the first hand that fires into the air you're just like okay fred not you you can't not do you. it yeah uh 
who does not want to go and some guy, you know, wearing like a, like a sports team's hat, you know, some dad with better shit to do. He's, you know, he's a big Braves fan or something. And he's just sitting there on his hands. Like, I do not want to do this. That's the guy that should go. We need to nominate Braves fan who does not want to go camping. He should be the one to go camping. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> that's funny. That Jersey uh, thing is funny. Cause one time I, it just brings back this random memory, but um, my wife kept wanting me to go to like dance lessons with her, some kind of like romantic dance. And I'm just like, eh. and we were driving by the place one time at night and I was yeah. looking in there and uh, I was looking in there and they were all dancing. And there was one guy that was in a, in a football Jersey in there, <laughs> dancing with his wife in there. And it was just hilarious. Cause it was like, He's like, I am not losing my manlyhood. I am keeping my football jersey on while I do the waltz. I, I need everyone to know that I do not want to be here. I am not gay. I am here by force. My wife made me come here, and I'm a huge Eagles fan. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was I random, but you mentioned the jersey thing, so I was like, it just brought back oh. that memory. No, totally, dude. That's that's totally the move too. Where you're just like, I will go to your dance lesson. I will totally dress like myself and everyone needs to know I don't want to be there. This is not my thing. I'd rather be watching football, but I'm doing the waltz today. You could see Noah with a Raiders jersey, huh? He would absolutely, probably like a Dodgers jersey or, or something. Definitely, definitely. Or like a Slayer shirt or something like that. Oh, like yeah. he would <laughs> he would not dress any different uh, if he was going to uh, a waltzing class with my mom. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Well, on that note, D, we should wrap up. It's been a ton of fun talking to you, brother. We always get into some weird ass. Uh, we always say it at the end, too. Just like, wow, what took us from uh, from a new planet to pedophiles to wearing Slayer shirts while you're learning to waltz? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of a I don't detour know. there. I don't know how we got to <laughs> it either, but um, there it is. There it is. All right. It's the Derek and Mike podcast. That's 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 all we need to say, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, great talking to you. You have a great rest of the day, and I will talk to you real soon, my man. All right. Sounds good, bro. See you, man. Hey, this is Mike. Thanks a lot for listening. We really hope you're enjoying the show. We have a great time doing it for you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Derek and Mike Pod, or on our website, DerekandMike.com. And uh, don't forget to subscribe or follow the show in your podcast app. That would be super cool. Helps us out a ton. And it also makes sure that you get notified every time we put out a new episode. Also, if you know of anyone else who might like the show, share it with a friend. Tell someone who might dig it. That would be super cool. We'd really appreciate any support you can give us. Uh, we really appreciate you. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. And until then, have a good one.